Hello and welcome to Sad Girls Against the Patriarchy. I'm Allison. And I'm Alexis. And we are your sad girls. Today we're talking about the manosphere. Yes. Where's that sound effect? Is it going to work? No. No. <laughs> Insert sound effect here. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the manosphere. Um, maybe, hopefully I can just cut all of that out. Uh, the manosphere apparently comprises pickup artists, men's rights activists, men going their own way. Is there anything else? I don't know. Yeah, it's not really a place we like to go very often. I don't live there. I don't know anyone that lives there. I don't want to live there. I avoid going there. Yeah. Unless it's for research. Men's rights activists, though, this was interesting. It's um, more multifaceted than I expected. I'm not obviously going to say, like, I have so much respect for it now, but I do have more understanding for it, and I feel like it's a little less villainous than pickup artistry. I mean, yeah. I I mean, just not that I did a deep dive like you do with men's rights activism, but I feel... Even before that, I felt that way, too, because yeah. at least with men's right activism in my head, I'm like, I feel like their head's like in a OK place. Right. Like the intention maybe is a little bit. It's is, a little bit better. Yeah. yeah. It's misguided and they're not doing enough research or following things through, I wouldn't say. But right. It's with hopefully good intentions That's and like I'm them feeling. trying to have their brethren or whatever they call each other. Sure. <laughs> the bros. Their they're homies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, pickup artists, on the other hand. They're just the scum of the earth. Yeah. I mean, they're basically just strategizing uh, rape, basically, essentially. Very, very rapey. Very rapey. Uh, So, yeah, maybe content warning here for discussions. Oh, yeah, yeah. Such things. Yes. Yes. Definitely, definitely content warning on this one for sure. But we're going to start with something very sweet. (laughs) We're going to start with something very sweet, which is a letter we got and a letter I'm imagining like we opened our envelope. It was sealed with their <laughs> their stamp with their initials. Definitely not a DM on our Instagram page. Definitely not that. Yeah. So it says, white cis male here. My wife and I love listening to your podcast, especially on dismal road trips through the Midwest. I just wanted to say first and foremost, thank you for opening my eyes to a lot of struggles that I was previously ignorant to. I try every single day to keep in mind what you guys have taught me. And besides the obvious fact of being more sympathetic toward women and people of color, it also makes me feel more a part of the community to be aware of other struggles and to uplift those, especially with the privilege I live with as a white male. Secondly, I would just like to thank you specifically for your episode about the clit. It has definitely upped my oral game. Hope that's okay to say. It is. And my wife, I'm sure, is also <laughs> thankful, not trying to speak for her. <laughs> like they're afraid of us coming down not on him. speaking for her. <laughs> right, right. Keep doing what you guys do, even with all the bullshit and haters that you encounter. You guys are making a difference. Happy holidays. Aw. Warms my heart. Truly. Yeah. See, look at our hard work paying off. So worth it. No, that's so sweet. And that was, I mean, I don't know if that was the goal, but it's become one of the goals is to educate men who are open-minded and willing to listen to this. Yeah. I don't think we're going to change the mind of men who we're going to be probably talking about today. (laughs) True. But if there's someone on the edge, someone who's like just hasn't really thought about it so much, then maybe we can open their eyes. Hopefully. I also got a message from someone that was to the Miss Andrus page that said, I love your page. Weirdly enough, it was one of the things that helped me realize I'm non-binary. Your page was one of the things that made me realize men usually behave and socialize in these ways and I'm not comfortable existing like that. That's also a cool revelation to have of like seeing the toxicity in men's behavior and and that being the reason you're like, oh, I don't want to associate with that. Yeah, I don't subscribe to that. Yeah. Good. Don't. Yeah. Please. Yes. (laughs) We're we're against the patriarchy, as the uh, (laughs) title suggests. (laughs) If you couldn't tell. And that first note, really loved it. If you wanted to put it as an Apple review, I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't say no. <laughs> I wouldn't stop you. I wouldn't stop you. <laughs> Thank you. Anyone who wants to send us a nice note, we really appreciate that. Yeah. Made our day. Yes. Week, yes. Literally warmed the cockles in my cold heart. What are your cockles? Is that okay to say? Um, I mean, it's. I don't think it's an <laughs> anatomical that term. <laughs> Is this some like old Victorian it's term? It's got to be. Yeah. yeah. Well, mine were warmed. <laughs> yeah, I know you can warm some cockles. Mm-hmm. Get nice and toasty. <laughs> oh, also, I don't think it's men's rights activists. I think, well, it's men's rights advocates. I think that's the main one. And people do say activists. But just, you know, in my effort to always be very correct, I think MRA stands for men's rights advocates. All right. They don't necessarily do anything. They just feel things. I mean, I think that's more apt anyways yeah, because so. activism <laughs> right, requires <laughs> action. <laughs> action and yeah. uh, actual change. Correct. Um, and yes. advocate uh, yeah, and just like be saying stuff. Yeah. You can you can be an advocate for something and just mm-hmm. talk, you just be like, I like it. And just I don't. You just feel that way. Yeah. Appropriate. Thank you for the, uh, yeah. <laughs> the clarification. Yes. That was much needed. You're so welcome. Thank you so much. You want to get us started? Let's do it. Um, So as I spoke about briefly on the last episode, I kind of quipped some in here and there when we talked about alpha males. But we figured we'd go a little bit more in depth when we talked about this because alpha males had such a big buildup for it. Got its own episode as it much deserved. Kind (laughs) of. I saw, I don't know if it was on the podcast page or on the Sanders memes page, but someone was just like, yeah, and alpha males isn't even real. And they were basically just saying the episode. I know. And I had to comment and respond and be like, hey, yeah, we talk about all of that and more in the episode. In the episode. Thank you. But maybe just listen to the episode. Yeah. I just thought that was really funny. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Oh, wow. Thank you for <laughs> femsplaining alpha males to me after I researched it for two weeks and um, did a whole podcast on it. Did you know, Allison, that actually, um, oh I see that this is 45 minutes long, but I'm going to let you know something real quick. I'm hoping they were letting the world know yes. and not just me because they assumed I would know. But I, Yes. I, I yeah. took it as that, too. That I just thought funny. it was really funny. I know. Yes. I, I was like, I guess I, I appreciate a TLDR on, you know, that if someone isn't going to listen to the podcast, they can just read this comment. I can't. Can't not reply to those kind of things I though. Like, yes. Me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Thank you. But today, pickup artists. Pickup artists. So, as the name implies, uh, pickup artists are people who strategize to try to pick up women. So, a modern pickup artist practice dates to at least 1970 with the publication of How to Pick Up Girls! Exclamation point Woo! by Eric Weber. However, one self-described picker-upper of women preceding Weber was rational emotive psychotherapist Albert Ellis, who I have heard of before, who wrote The Art of Erotic Seduction in 1967. Ooh, la, la. Yes, so that's also a how-to guide for men to pick up women. So at least this idea of picking up women has been around since possibly the 60s to the 70s. Then in 1987, there was a romantic comedy that I've never heard of, which is Weird because I love 80s movies. I was not born in the 80s. I'm younger than that, okay? But I just okay, grew up okay. being... I was quirky and goth and I loved the 80s. And I just, <laughs> that made me so quirky. But I'd never heard of it and it's called The Pickup Artist. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Really creative name. And yeah. it stars Molly Ringwald and Robert Downey Jr. Oh. <laughs> Huge stars in the 80s. And I was like, man, I haven't heard of this. It must be terrible. Well, the feminists buried it. Feminist agenda. Yeah, they were like, we're not going to talk about that one. No, no. There was a few other books throughout the 90s of other dudes, just other pickup artist rhetoric, just basically like, this is how you scam girls. But the big thing that we all know pickup artistry from was the publication of Neil Strauss's book, The Game, which I always just thought it was called The Game, 
But the full title is The Game, colon, Penetrating the Secret Society of Pickup Artists. Ooh, penetrating. Uh... Forewarning, I did not read this book. Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't expect you to. (laughs) For this research. But I had heard of it. And I didn't know this either. I thought this book was another how-to guide, like all the other ones that I previously mentioned. But it was supposed to actually be an expose on the pickup artist community. But it was the one that sort of put the idea of pickup artistry into, like, the stratosphere. This is sort of when it became more in the culture the mainstream. That's common, the word I'm looking for. Okay, common More, consciousness. Yes, yeah. yeah. The mainstream common consciousness. Got it. That's, it didn't become like a niche online forum or right. as one of the pickup artists, um, what they call a godfather modern pickup artistry. They have layers, which can either be in a physical form or an online forum for other like-minded men to get together to talk about this. Like an onion. Yes. Yes. Oh, also, mind game or the game is spoofed in Adventure Time. I'm rewatching all of it for nostalgic purposes, and a couple times they show a book called Mind Games. And at one point, Finn, the kid, he's talking about how like, oh, I've been reading this book, and it's telling me I should ignore this girl, and that'll make her like me. And Jake, the dog, is like, man, bro, don't do that. That's stupid. Don't read that book. I keep that for laughs. That's a stupid book. And like, they're very explicitly talking about the game. It's that very is funny. Very funny. It's a great show because yeah, it was it was a little zeitgeisty. Like that was mm-hmm. the, like the, the pinnacle. Oh yeah, I've heard, everyone's become, heard yeah, of it. Yeah, exactly. But I just always thought it was like, oh my god, it's just like this guy just brought it to the forefront, thinking it was a how-to guide, but it was an expose, mostly falling around this guy named Ross Jeffries, who's considered the godfather of modern pickup artistry. And Tom Cruise actually played a character based off of him in another movie that I've never heard of called Magnolia, but it's by Paul Thomas Anderson, so that makes me look like a really terrible film nerd. Um, but his his shtick was something called neurolinguistic programming, or NLP, or quote unquote speed seduction. Mm-hmm. And I tried to look over what it was, but it's basically pseudoscience bullshit. It's basically where you, I'm gonna try to make this really short, but essentially it's there's supposed to be like a connection between neurological processes of language and acquired behavioral patterns, and you can do this to achieve specific goals. So it's like you take. The language that you have and you try to make different associations in your brain to make yourself more successful or get over things like phobias. Mm. And also apparently it helps with like psychosomatic illnesses and mm. all this other stuff. Anyways, it's junk science, pseudoscience ah. bullshit. Okay. That's been disproven. Got it. But that was his thing was that if you just make these associations and try to like emulate people who say these types of words, you'll emulate their like essence. Sort of like the secret where you just yes. manifest it into existence oh by believing. That's what I think so funny was when I got older. Because I feel like the secret came out we were kind of young mm-hmm. when I realized the secret was just like think happy thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this Visualize is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, sure, if you do set your intention towards something and go work toward Yeah, I, I get where it's coming from, but it's it's just never that easy. Yeah, and that's the thing too. It's like, it's it's one of those easier said than done things. It's like, yeah, of course I want blank, but it's the idea of like, well, you're self sabotaging because you don't like really believe in it and manifest it, and you're not actually working towards it. You think you're gonna fail, and it's like, no, no, I am, I, I'm, I am working. I do believe I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. There's there's other factors that come into Correct. play. Sometimes luck, luck can come in both ways. Sometimes you just get really lucky, and you're like, this is great, I did nothing yeah. to deserve this, and then you have really bad luck, and true. you're like, I also did nothing to deserve this. True, true. Life is chaos and entropy. Yes. It's fine. So that was the big one, was the game. 
Um, Neil Strauss, also just fun fact, because I was reading this, I was like, why is that name so familiar to me? He helped co-write Marilyn Manson's autobiography okay. that I read in middle school and got made fun of mercilessly because I was the goth <laughs> kid. They were like, oh, you listen to Marilyn Manson. I'm like, no, I actually just want to read his autobiography. I think it kind of sucks, actually. Yeah. Just want to say that I was right Yeah, the whole time. Well, yeah. See, now people would make fun of you for reading it because he's known for domestic abuse and being yes. a shitty person. And I will tell you, reading that book... <laughs> this is true. <laughs> he yes, is correct. Yes, yeah. There was an entire section in the back that was um, things that aren't considered cheating, and it was just like basically a way of uh, making excuses of what's like it's not considered. Like if you're in a different area code, it's not cheating. If they're not from like the U.S., it's not cheating. If it was under this thing, like there was just literally like pages of things that are it's not cheating. If blank, poor Dita. <laughs> I uh, know. I've met her several times because she's oh, yeah, in the dance community, and she's with the guy. Last I saw, that was like she just looked like soft spoken and quiet. And I don't think he was famous. And I was like, good for you. good for you. Good. Also, it's bad when your autobiography makes you look bad. It's one thing mm-hmm. if it's your biography, but it's like you had creative control here. Mm-hmm. You still look bad. Yeah, I think that came out roughly again, not exact, but I, I remember reading it probably around. 2003-ish, so it had to come out around then or before. Yeah, yeah. sounds but about I mean, right. But it's like, I was listening to another podcast today. It's like, that was just so common at the time, was just to, like, mm-hmm. be a misogynistic piece of shit. Like, misogyny was just totally fine. If yeah, there would be about. jokes on shows, and no one took it seriously. No. So I was just like, oh, man, um, I knew it back then. I'm just, it's so nice to be proven right all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. It's just, it's exhausting sometimes, <laughs> truly. I never get tired of it. My first introduction to the idea of pickup artistry, was in the 2007 VH1 show called The Pickup Artist. Did you ever watch this? I did not, no. All I did was watch like VH1 and Food Network as a kid. And VH1 at this time had amazing reality TV. Like Flavor of Love and Rock of Love are still some of the best reality TV shows of all time. And fun fact, our friends actually own the couch (laughs) from Rock of Love. I have slept on the Rock of Love couch like a million times. As have I. And can you imagine how many people have fucked on it or snorted coke off of it? Yeah. We're part of history. We really are. I feel every time I sit on it, I'm just like, oh my God. I've seen this couch on television. This is a famous couch. The essence of it. (laughs) Um, So this show in 2007 was based off of the popularity of the book, The Game. And the host of the show was a guy called Mystery. And I'm going to tell you now, this guy, I even remember at the time, his style was so outdated. Even in 2007, he was wearing like the fluffy, like high top hat that was popular in like the late 90s. And I was like, it's giving Jamiroquai. And this is 2007. Mm -hmm. This has not been popular for at least 10 years. In 2007. I kind of respect the the boldness of that, though, to be honest. Well, that was part of his thing, actually, Allison. Oh, uh, I've worked on me. I don't have this too much written in here, but one of the bases or one of the tactics of pickup artistry is something called peacocking, mm-hmm. which is where you wear some sort of statement piece, essentially, to elicit conversation, which is one of the less creepy, because yeah. I think that's just like a normal thing to do. Like, have a conversation starter. Yes. I think that's... Look... That is the one thing I will say of pickup artist sure. commentary that you can keep, you can take with you. We can say peacocking. Yes, you can't wear a shirt that says "I hope all women die." No, that that's not a good conversation. You can have like starter. a power clash going on with like yeah. a crazy jacket with like crazy pants. I like a crazy outfit. Yeah, like a neon orange like blazer. I'd like, be like, what? what? 
there. Okay, okay buddy. <laughs> that we 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 we're okay with that. We one. support this. Yeah. But pickup artist terminology is just kind of all over the place, and it's uses terms from like military terminology. For example, they call women targets, which is um, definitely wow, <laughs> definitely not creepy at all. Uh, sports terminology, um, like the game, it's called the art of seduction is the quote unquote the game. Sure. And they use things like business terminology um, and jargon such as things like closing, like mm-hmm. you're closing the deal. Right. When you are have sex with a woman, which, you know, it's the same as business because, you know, we're not people. And that's the underlying. Um, the problem here. Yeah, this is yeah. the thread of this entire thing is not viewing women as whole People? Right. They're targets. I mean, they're, they're an object to acquire. Correct. You acquiesce the product mm-hmm. and then you win the game, essentially. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm. <laughs> that's basically yeah. what it is. Yeah. But the idea is that manipulation is the key to yeah. picking up women and that women are, quote unquote, a hive mind. And all we are is just out for money and what we can get out of men. That is our entire existence. And we are an entire monolith. So to crack the code of our hive mind, they have to have sort of like tactics to be able to to get us. And another problem with pickup artistry is I read this really good. It was in one of the articles I read. It was a really good point where it's like the dating advice you find in Cosmo for women is like, here's things to improve yourself. Like here's things you can do to help improve your worth and your value and things you can work on and like be better in bed yeah a lot of that even if it is physical which is problematic but like it's still things like hey let's have you take control of this to be better at getting a partner at attracting someone right it's like do you want to have a smaller waist well like eat a grapefruit do you want to be better in bed try this weird thing with your hand like whatever it is it's like here's how you can improve yourself with pickup artist rhetoric you're fine. You're perfect. You're a sweet baby boy. Nothing is wrong with you. It's women who are the problem and they are bitches and you have to put them in their place and you have to do that with all the different tactics that they promote. I never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, That's crazy. I read that and I was just like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. That is so on point. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's just because we're better at understanding that you're constantly improving as a person throughout your life. I don't think anyone really particularly likes being told they suck or having rejection. But assuming that you're perfect is also completely unrealistic and bullshit. Um, I'm going to jump in here. So we want to monetize the podcast. We want to make some monies off of ads, Patreon, all that, because we both put in a lot of hours of unpaid work. I think with the platform we have to monetize, we need to put an ad break. So we're going to we're going to put in a break here. You might hear an ad in about 10 seconds. You might not. I don't know. You know, I don't know. So uh, we're going to take a little break here, shrug, wink, and <laughs> see you in a, a, a few. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the suspense is killing me. <laughs> We're back. I don't know how much time has passed in your world, but uh, not long in ours. I hope you missed us. I we missed you. Yeah, def- definitely. Also, the ads, I don't know if we have control over what they'll be. So if someone just told you to like buy a weight loss product, don't do it. I don't believe in that. Don't vote for Ron DeSantis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if he's advertising on our podcast, we're going to have a conversation with someone. You know what we're cool with and what we're not, so. I just don't know how it works yet. We're learning. Yeah, we're learning. We're growing. Please yes. forgive us at all times. Yes. 
All right. So pickup artist culture deals with pervasive fear of rejection from men is by taking the humanity away from women in a multitude of ways. And a lot of that is with objectification, of course. So this is where you get the number scales. And if you've seen a lot of the forums, they'll be like, oh, I was trying to bag a seven today, but then her five friend talked to me and I bagged her. But it's just like whatever. They just they don't talk about women as people. We're either numbers or they have acronyms such as HB, which is like hot bods. Mm. Are we high value? I feel like because there's like low value and high value men, right? Is that a thing? That gets more into like incel culture, which mm, I didn't get okay, too much okay, into. But yeah, it. there's a lot more of like high value versus low value women. And there's like a whole list of, I mean, I am definitely the lowest of low value. <laughs> I, I am that's true. over 23. Um, <laughs> I've had sex with more than one man. <laughs> <laughs> I have tattoos. Oh my God. I have dyed my hair different colors. Mm-hmm. I have, uh, I don't even have that many piercings anymore, but like I have. Too many. You know, too many. So I'm a disgusting piece of shit. <laughs> it was like all these other whatever. Ones. You know, they want a hot goth girl to sit on their face. Uh, yeah, it's it's just funny that it's my husband has not. It's not his friend, but it's like a friend of a friend of a friend or something. He's like forty, and he's still a virgin. With there, there's nothing wrong with that. That's not the point. But mm-hmm. it, the reason he is a virgin, he's not an incel. Because he's not involuntary. It's because no women are hot enough for him to have sex with. Oh, dear. And he lives in his mom's basement and is, Ooh. like, uh, not very um, physically or emotionally or mentally or anything attractive person. Right. But the ladies are just not good enough for him. Yeah. I just imagine he's, like, a not washed ass kind of guy and, like, pees in bottles while he plays video games. I'm getting that vibe. Yeah. Yeah. But like, if you're not like a 10 out of 10, 23 year old virgin, then you can't you can't get him. Uh-huh. Ladies, back off. <laughs> Step away from the product. The line forms at the door. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I feel like we had a joke about this. I was like, the line forms at the what was it? The velvet room. Yeah, or I think that was on it. That was on a dating profile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is like a commodity model of sex. Which is the notion that women are gatekeepers to sex while men have to bribe and supplicate and cajole and manipulate women to get access to the product, the product of sex. Mm. So a lot of this like quite literally encourages not rape like explicitly. They don't say that. But the things that we'll go through right now, it's it's rape. Essentially, they're not saying like just go in and go for it, bucko. But there's this something, it's a technique that's called last-minute resistance. So this is techniques to stop that. So it's basically the notion is how to get sex when a woman says no. Because no doesn't really mean no. Don't you know that? And it's only when it's an unequivocally screaming no, but even then, they'll still justify it. So there's something called the anti-slut defense which is a theory that women say no to sex because they're worried about being judged by the outside world for being a slut. So the last-minute resistance is giving her the um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Like the allowance to do it or something. Like, yeah, like the, to, uh, the excuse to be like, well, yeah. I didn't know we were going to have sex because he just asked me back to his house to watch a movie. So I just thought we were going to be hanging out watching Netflix. It's literally the original Netflix and chill mm-hmm. sort of defense where it's just like, well, it's not my fault. Like, I got tricked into it. So it's giving her an out to right. say, well, I, you know, I didn't say we were going to go home and have sex. I said we were going to do this. So, But if she has sex with me, she can blame it on me. But it doesn't matter because I got sex. So that's one of them. Another one is called the freeze out. So it's as soon as they experience resistance – 
like trying to have sex, the guy, the pickup art, the pickup artist, the PUA, will stop cold and get up and try to leave because he's trying to let her know that her only value is of that and that she needs she wants acceptance and validation. Mm. So he's literally giving her the cold shoulder so that she'll say, oh, no, just kidding. Come back. So she'll reinstigate and reinitiate and yep. then have to keep it going. Yep. Um, <clears throat> another one is called, uh, basically, I don't think there was, there, there wasn't quite a name for this, but essentially it's, um, forcing her hand on your dick. No. Yep. Because it's another tactic because what it's saying basically is like, look what you've done. Now I have a boner and you have to do something about it. And if you don't, you're a piece of shit because the worst, there's nothing worse than a cock tease, right? You can be a slut, but it's nothing worse than being a fucking tease, which is what we're taught in our society as well. Yeah, I've had this attitude from guys before where it's like, look, yeah, like, look what you did to me. Or there was a guy who, like... Tried to pull the blue balls yeah, rhetoric. Yeah, couldn't, like, couldn't get off. Like, we, I was already at his house. We were already naked and all that. And I'm like, okay, like, this isn't working for me. And he's like, what am I supposed to do with this? Like, pointing his dick. And I'm like, it's really not my fucking problem. Um, jack off, <laughs> like, like, I'm sure you've done eight million times. Literally. But he had that accusing sort of angry, like, yeah, this is your fault. Yes, Fortunately, I'm a person who will just be like, I don't fucking care. But I get why that sort of shaming attitude can affect you. Yeah, because, again, there's no winning as being a woman. It's like either you're a slut or you're a tease, and both of them are the worst thing you can possibly be. Or you're a prude or you're a slut or it doesn't matter. It's like you are always inherently terrible. So that's why you should just live your life how you want to. Correct. Last one is, which is (laughs) the worst one, it's called – Make the hoe say no, Ah. which is basically um, the notion that no's aren't real and that women are taught to resist because it's culturally ingrained in us to not want to have sex. So when we're saying no, we don't actually mean it. You have to wait until they scream no like at least three times in response for it to actually be no. This is, oh, God. Yeah, all of these are like no doesn't mean no. No means yes, but they just haven't said yes yet. So you'll get that yes out of them. But even if it means manipulating the situation or yeah. guilting them or, yeah, it's 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 rape. Mm-hmm. It's, that's the basis of how they acquiesce the product. If they can even get you past the point of not being totally grossed out by them, then this is how they – Seal the deal. This is how they finish the job, so to speak. If they do get to this point, it's because you've passed what they call the shit tests. Mm. The idea behind shit tests is that women only respond to high-status men and anyone else is there simply to be used. So anything that we say, something like, I have a boyfriend, or any of that, is just a test. And you have to pass the test. And you can't do it by doing things like, if a woman says something like, buy me a drink and you do it, then you're like a simp beta cuck and she's not going to sleep with you. Yeah, see, they're projecting there because they're playing a game and they're trying to manipulate the situation. So they think that the woman involved is too, but probably she's just saying what's on her mind. <laughs> she's probably not playing a game. Right. And she either probably does have a boyfriend or oh, yeah. she's saying that to get you to fuck oh, off yeah, because case. we're trying to spare your feelings, not be like you're fucking gross or like I find you really creepy or like I'm not interested or yes. the times like I've gone out with my girlfriends. I'm just like, we're not here for you. Mm-hmm. We exist in places like without like not for you, not for your attention. 
It's not for you. No. I'm, I'm yeah. here existing with friends in an, a, a space that I find comfortable, probably a dive bar. And that doesn't mean that's for you. Right. I was thinking about this. Um, it's like a saying or a, I don't know. It was like a meme or something. But it was the idea that women only like like nerdy things or like certain bands. It's like to interest for, men. Yeah, to, to interest men. Yeah. And it's yeah. like the notion that men get so pissed off and they think women are being like posers or faking it for men's attention is because if men really thought that we liked that, it's the problem would then be for them because mm. a lot of men think like, oh, women don't like me because I like this nerdy thing. Right. So when they find a woman that likes said nerdy thing. But doesn't like them. Then yeah. they're doing it for attention. Yeah. And also that guy probably wouldn't get into a quote unquote like feminine hobby unless it was to get a girl. So he exactly. can't relate to it. It's all of this is just projection yeah. at the end of the day. It's the yeah. same reason that we were talking about the manipulate like men think women are so manipulative. It's like. No. no. Statistically, yes, you are, yes. and you're only after one thing. That's um, like studies prove it, y'all. Yep. That's essentially it. And then a big part of the pickup artist rhetoric that I know you all have heard of, and this is my last part, is the term of negging. And negging, my favorite definition, this is like the least accurate one, but it was from Urban Dictionary. Mm. <laughs> and it's low-grade insults meant to undermine the self-confidence of a woman so she might be more vulnerable to your advances. This is something no decent guy would ever do. Wow. In this case, Urban Dictionary 8. Like, I like that. Yeah. So I, I was like just looking at it and I was just like, you know what? They got it. They did it. <laughs> that's that's it. it. Yeah. But that's like the big part of pickup artist tactics is this idea of negging, which basically means negative feedback or negative comments. It's the idea that if you insult a woman or give her backhanded compliments, like, oh, that shirt's really pretty. It would look a lot better if you had bigger tits or something along the lines of that. And then she'll try to seek your approval, which will then get into the above-mentioned tactics that we talked about. Or also, like, to make you more dependent on her as a partner. Like, a guy would call me fat girl, just, like, teasingly, playfully, but it's all just to, like, slightly degrade so Mm -hmm. that then you don't feel like you could do any better than this shitty person you're with. Yep. It's hard, too, because it's, like, ribbing your friends and, like, joking around is one thing. And I think that's a sign of, like, a close, intimate relationship. But that's a close, intimate relationship. Like, I'm not going to go up to a stranger and be like, hey, dumbass. (laughs) (laughs) You like Coldplay? (laughs) Fucking loser. (laughs) But I would say that to my husband, who does love Coldplay. And I'm like, hey, you fucking loser. You like Coldplay? But it's it's intention behind it, too. Because I think boyfriends will do this with their girlfriends, too. But it's like, are they being playful or are they trying to lower her self-esteem so she's a little bit weaker and more dependent? Yes. And and I think that's the thing, too. It's like, you know it when you see it. You know when Mm -hmm. people are just like fucking around and ribbing each other and like I enjoy that like I think it's fun to like make fun of your friends but like in a playful lighthearted way because for me personally I like it because it means you paid attention to a thing about me you're giving me (laughs) attention oh you know that I like this really stupid thing you remembered me telling you that I liked this really stupid thing that's a sweet way of looking at it (laughs) I mean that's what it is because that's when I'm like negging someone not really but like you know That's it's like, oh, I remember you said you liked this movie. That movie sucks. It's like I said yeah. like two years ago. I'm like, you're my friend. <laughs> yeah. Like roasting someone. Yeah, exactly. Negging. Yeah. Yeah. But like you said, it's this idea of negging comes from the fact of trying to knock you down. Quote unquote. It's the intention is to quote unquote knock her down a peg to but, get her to a vulnerable position to be able yeah. to acquiesce her. Yeah. So that's basically all I have. On pickup artistry because that's essentially what it is. I could get into a lot more of it. Um, I think there's some things that deserve their own episodes like 
incel culture, which right. is there's a Venn diagram here of incels and pickup artists that are the the same. Yeah, there there is, but I'm also learn as I learn more about the manosphere. Um, there are differences. I know. <laughs> like I'm doing it for you. I'm doing it for science. Um, there there are some distinctions. I think there are also people who prescribe or ascribe one of those two words to some pickup artist rhetoric and and like ideas but don't fully get into it like I, when I lived in the bay and I knew a bunch of tech guys like there were a bunch of people in that scene who weren't very good with women who were also very analytical and very like engineer brained so they were thinking like what can I do to hack this situation to make sense of women I don't think they took all yeah of the negativity from it so there's a spectrum of people who get super into it. When I said pickup artists are the scum of the earth, that's who I mean. I try to remind myself that – sorry, I'm going off at a monologue no, here. Please. Yay, it's my I, turn to tell. I was freaking out because I was like, oh, my God, we have to leave at 5. But I was like, no, we don't yeah. have to leave at 5.30. 5.30? <laughs> Yay. So much time. Um, everyone is the hero of their own story. And this is something that makes me able to deal with intolerable people a little bit easier because I always try to remind myself, like, they don't understand most of the time – how shitty what they're doing is. And if you are someone who does everything that we just talked about, like there's really, there is zero excuse for that. But I also understand that there are some people who are like not completely into it, but have still cherry picked some things and been like, well, I'm going to try applying this tactic in my life and see how that goes. At least that's like a little more redeemable, like understand how that affects someone else and fucking don't do it. Yeah. And this, like I said, that really good article I was telling you about, which is, it was basically yeah. a guy who got into, like, the pickup artistry, like, mm-hmm. uh, manosphere. <laughs> he was he even admitted, he's like, I was in a really dark place. It was right after a breakup, yeah. and I lost my job. And he's talking about, like, how terrible it is. But he, at the end, he's like, here's, like, in some ways, it can't even be ethical when you're, when you're talking about, like, just bringing men together and trying mm-hmm. to give them, like, confidence to approach women and telling sure. them, like, giving, like, invigorating them and giving them the, you know, permission to be like, you can talk to them. Like, you, you, you can, like, give yourself the credence to be right. able to do that. That part is okay. That's I mean, good. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like sure. that aspect of it, like, yes, like we should, you know, give people the confidence to be able to not be down on themselves where they think they are undeserving of romantic love. Yeah. Yeah. One of the guys I knew in San Francisco, um, he, I guess, introduced me to this idea of pickup artistry, but he didn't say that he was a part of it. He just sort of was like, just one of those very analytical guys, very, very smart, very smart man, you know. <laughs> You know, so smart, you, you don't know, get it. You know I have an engineer me. brain. Everything's very, it's yeah. very logical. Yeah. Okay. And he told me that what he does with women is he does have a tactic, and it is be excellent, be desireless, and be gone. And he got it from a movie called The Tao of Steve, which is just like a stupid movie that I saw once 10 or 12 years ago. Be desireless? Yeah, so the the idea, so be excellent means be really good at your own yeah. Work on yourself. Nothing to do with someone else, just like what those Cosmo. I was, about <laughs> I was like, this, I, this, I, this part I right. approve of. We're good. We love, yeah, be yes. excellent. Be desireless means when you're talking to a woman, like don't be trying, don't be thinking about having sex with her, don't be looking at her lips. Like it is, his meaning of that and what I think was in the movie too, if I remember correctly, was... Um, don't sexualize women immediately. Like, try to keep them as people. Try to treat them as people. Love. Which is good. Be gone, though. This yeah. is the manipulative part. This is where... You almost had me there. <laughs> I know, I know. Like you had me in the beginning. Two out of three, 67% there. Um, be gone it means that once they like you and once you have something good going on, like, don't be too available to them and be a little bit, like... Aloof. Re- 
yeah, like holding back of your time, don't text back right away and all that. And that's shitty. And yeah, again, the like there are some there are some good elements here and there are overlapping communities. I don't think every pickup artist is necessarily an incel. I also didn't know that people self-identified as incels. I thought yes. I thought that was like something someone would call you as an insult. No, 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 no. But no, it's like that community. Was, it's yes. an online community. Yes, it was it was yeah, that's taken upon by them and then we used it against <laughs> them. Sure. It's the same way that people are like feminist. You're like, yeah. yes. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I am. <laughs> yeah. I also heard in a podcast that it was a woman who coined yep. the term incel. Yep. Yeah. But we can we could do our, an incel episode. I think it's distinct from from pickup artistry yes. or MRAs. They're yeah, just yeah. all in the same Manosphere. Yeah, I th- I just looked at the Wikipedia article for that word today, which <laughs> I don't want to say it anymore. It's enough. We've said it too many times already. <laughs> I'm going to beep it out. And those are all subsets of it. So yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. Like you said, they're not all the same, but there's yeah, quite a lot definitely of overlap. overlap. Yeah. Sure. I want guys to feel good about themselves and not sexualize women and treat them as people. And if you need a book to get there, just how about not the game? I'm sure there are other self-helpy books out there that are like, hey – guys the best way to be to attract a girlfriend is actually to just like work on yourself yeah have have goals have goals like be a more attractive person just for yourself other people will see that too yeah that's what i try to tell people too when you know people have complaints it's like women are attracted to men that have interest i feel like Mm -hmm. more than anything like the moment i hear that like a guy like plays an instrument and like but also he went to school for, like, something totally not cr- – like, if, yeah. you're, if you're multifaceted and have a lot of interest and things that intrigue you and goals and and hobbies, like, that is the hottest thing you can do. You can't just sit around and do one thing. And, look, I get it. Like, I – video games are fine. Like, you can play video games. But, like, that can't be, like, the entirety of your no. life. Like, play video games and – yeah. Because something else. Probably the girl who is also into video games has other interests too. So it's just not going to be enough that that's your one thing. Right. There was a guy I met out at a dance thing who was really cute and I liked him and we clicked right away. And then I went on his Instagram and it said that he was Polly and it was like in his bio and he had the like Polly symbol. And I was like, oh, okay, not, not for me. That's okay. Now I know. But uh, he's very, very good at his dance style. But then also, like thinking about who would be listening, who would know, whatever, who cares? doesn't matter. He would be flattered if he knew I had a crush on him. He probably could tell. I like to be obvious about that. I don't like to be coy. Fuck oh, coy. Oh, yeah. I'm not no, coy at all. No, I'm just like... My Venus hey. is an Aries, so I'm just like really aggressive when I'm flirting. Yeah, yeah. And they usually like it. Anyway, he also does... He's a roller skater, and he's like really fucking good at roller skating. And he's like doing all these like meetups and teaching and things. And I was like... I'm not into roller skating, but, like, this is cool as shit. Like, exactly. Like, it doesn't mean I have to be into it, but the fact that no. you're into it is fucking sick. Yeah, literally. Like, I'm not a musician, but whenever I see a guy who's, like, really good at music, they're like, that's neat. Like, that's cool that you have your thing. Well, yeah, and it's, like, in it. I, yeah, I know you took time to, like, yes. study that, and you yep. went on your way to, like, learn it, and yeah. it's a creative thing, which, like, I just... Come on. You yes. need interests and hobbies and yeah. goals. You yeah. don't even have to be, like, I don't even think you have to be successful. As long as no. you are striving and you're working towards the goals, yes. you could be poor as shit. But you're like, but I'm in school or I'm working towards this or I'm, like, like researching online how to do better at blank. Yes. As I was listening to podcasts about MRAs, there was one that was these, like, Christian guys who were actually talking about how men shouldn't be into the MRA scene or world, but also had a lot of ideas I didn't agree with. It was really funny because like every other thing they said I really liked. And then they would be like, women are meant to serve their husbands. Uh-huh. And men, you can find a good woman to, to serve you. And I'm like, no. It's so close. <laughs> I know. <laughs> 
And it was saying exactly that, that, man, it doesn't matter if you have success right now. He said women have a God-given sense to know. Potential. When, to see potential. Yeah, they didn't use the word potential, but they were like, to know when a man is on a good track. And I'm like, yeah, that's that thing about girls are always like, I see his potential. Yeah. <laughs> but like, we do. But we do. That's why we get <laughs> frustrated with you. Because yeah. we see the, the trajectory you could be on. Yeah. Let's talk about MRAs then a little bit, a little bit more. This is interesting because I didn't know much about it other than I just thought of a bunch of like whiny little bitch boys who um, just hate feminists. Yes. And blame feminists for the reason they can't get laid. Yeah. That's what I think. And I, I mean, I, that's still there. It's just a bigger movement than what I thought. I, it, I realized it would be like looking up what is feminism and like looking at feminist groups. There aren't as many MRAs as there are feminists and it's. Not as legitimate of a of I was about movement to say, because <laughs> one's way. legitimate and one's yeah. Um, yeah. based on the notion of the patriarchy still oppressing you. Continue. <laughs> yes, but there is still different opinions within it. In the same way that, like, just saying you're a feminist doesn't. There's not a clear definition for that. Like everything you stand yeah. for. Yeah, and there's been a lot of feminist rhetoric that I hear that are from like yeah. prominent feminists, and I'm like, ooh, yikes! Yeah, uh, don't like that one. Exactly. But I, I mean, I'd still identify with the term, even yes. though I don't agree with everything. So that's why MRAs. I realize it's like a bigger field, a bigger word than what I understood. So I watched a documentary called. The red pill. <laughs> oh, man. Are we getting black-pilled and red-pilled today? <laughs> Wait, what's the black pill? Oh, I think... Okay, hold on. Give me... It's a meme-averse thing, but I oh, think cool. black pill, if I'm not mistaken, it's sort of like nihilism a little bit. There's, like, there's no meaning to anything. It's a little bit, like, darker than that. Of course, yeah. my internet's going to take for fucking ever right now. Well, we but, could take mm-hmm. our next break. Well, I mean, they could because we're about to start yours. That's true. This is a good time. See how good we are at this, we're you so guys? Great. We're getting really good at breaks. Okay, so this is either an ad break or a break where I fade out some music and fade in some music or none of those things. I don't know. You know more than me right now. How exciting is that? But we'll see you after the break. The break? Question mark. We're back. Uh, just so you know, we didn't go anywhere. We were still sitting in the same place. We were just yeah. looking at each other and just not existing until we came back. <laughs> we turned off. <laughs> Eyes go blank. <laughs> Expression goes blank. So we looked at black pill. I looked at black pill memes, and the first result is the extremist medicine cabinet, a guide to online pills. Ah, oh. yeah. And I look up black pilled, and the first... Thing that comes up is an article that says misogynistic incels and male supremacism mm-hmm. red pill to black pill oh, uh, but basically it's black pill is just nihilistic red pillars gotcha what i get but basically yeah black pill is just nihilistic in case anyone doesn't know for whatever reason the red pill blue pill thing comes from the matrix neo takes the red pill and he sees the reality harsh reality of the world or takes the blue pill and stays in the matrix in his fantasy land so for MRAs, the red pill means that you are opening up your eyes and becoming aware of these harmful realities that are affecting men all around us. Again, I know this is not a monolith either, but I think it's really yeah. funny that their um, their basis and their jargon comes from a movie by two trans women. <laughs> yeah, which was kind of about Jesus, too. I mean, I haven't seen The Matrix in a while, but I listened to a podcast talking about the Wachowski sisters and yeah. The Matrix and how a lot of it's an allegory for... Their gender dysphoria, but I haven't seen The Matrix in forever, so I don't want to speak on it. I mean, I always was allowed to watch it growing up because it's Jesus. It's it's supposed to be um, an allegory for the Christian faith, and Neo is a modern day Jesus. That's Spark Notes. I don't know if that was their intention or if that's just what other people put on it. Huh. 
last time my husband tried to put it on again, yeah. I was drunk and I fell asleep within five <laughs> minutes. So it was one of my childhood good friends' favorite movie, which means I've seen it a lot. Oh, nice. Because before streaming services, you know, you had that cabinet with like 30 VHSs yep. in it and like 20 DVDs and like two Blu-rays. Uh, Blu-ray? <laughs> Calm down, fancy. <laughs> oh, we had some Blu-rays. Also, Fight Club is um, used oh, in the, the Manosphere as well. And Chuck Palahniuk is gay. Yeah, and he wrote it and has talked about it being a satire and also to draw attention to the fact that the narrator in there, we start the movie with him like going to support groups and like getting in touch with his emotions and feeling good about that. And then he goes into this very toxically masculine world and like destroys things. And it's not meant to be good. <laughs> yeah, it's like when when... Like asshole dudes saying yeah. Fight Club is their favorite book. It's like you missed the point. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I don't think that means what you think it means. Another book that I absolutely loved as a teen and still really appreciate it, but like it's because there's some nuance to it. Mm-hmm. It's like cultural commentary. It's not like let's all go out and beat each other up to get in touch with our masculinity. Right. It's a commentary on toxic masculinity before yes. we coined the term toxic masculinity. Correct. So this documentary, The Red Pill, Cassie, somebody made it. She was a feminist before making this movie. I found out about it because I watched oh her TED my Talk. God. Yeah, she uh she, she's she's just a little I don't want to <clears throat> say dumb because I feel bad using she's not she's not a complicated person. That's my new way of shading someone <laughs> like being I feel just not complicated. My mom's a little bit like this. Sorry mom. Um, <laughs> my mom listens to this podcast where it's like sometimes she'll just like if you have like a really good argument or you like you're really passionate about something, right. my mom will be like, oh, yes, yes, not as critical toward it as maybe would be good to be. Right. Yeah. Because she was like, oh, saying something about someone in my family. And she was like, oh, well, you know, we've always had a better like economic times under Republicans. I'm like, no, I haven't. <laughs> She's like, well, they were saying, like, because when you think about it, I was like, uh-huh. the 2008 crash happened because of what Bush did. <laughs> Obama just got elected that year. <laughs> I was like, and I don't even like Obama, but I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. And then she was like, okay, yeah, you're totally right. I'm so sorry. Right. Like, trickle down economics. Trickle down economics. <laughs> Steam is coming out of your ears. Yeah. And, and then she was red. She immediately was just like, okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we've all been guilty of that, too. Oh, 100%. And even, like, watching this documentary, there were parts of it where I was like, okay, this is interesting. Like, I hadn't thought about it like this. But Cassie just changed her whole worldview and no longer identifies as a feminist. So which she serves men. Is she, like, here to be, like, a godly she, wife? She's <laughs> she's an MRA now. I mean, she's a—oh, I guess they're called honey badgers, like women who are in favor, who are, like, pro-MRAs, which is interesting. That's, like, an old-ass meme reference, I'm sure. The honey badger doesn't give a fuck or something. There's also an Elon Musk meme about honey badgers. I'll pull that up. I'll just post it. Well, I think that's him also referencing referencing the old meme and thinking he's so fucking funny and red-pilled, and he is not. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, or femare, F-E-M-R-A, femare, or a honey badger. Anyway, this show, The Red Pill, they start off with interviewing the founder of A Voice for Men, which is a website that is all about the MRA movement. The founder is quoted as saying, you'll hear that we hate women, that this is a backlash against women's rights. And then the editor is interviewed and he says, people will say that we're bitter, we're whining, we're undesirable or lazy, that we must be racist and misogynist and very like feeling victimized. And then they pan over some headlines from A Voice for Men, which are real. I made sure they were still there. These are from about 2010, around when the documentary was being made. So, you know, maybe a little out, outdated, but uh, headline like, 
I'll decide if you were raped, not you, or uh, manufacturing female victims, marginalizing vulnerable men, or refuting 40 years of lies about domestic violence. And then this one gets its own little content warning, which is beware the rape tard society. I could say R word and you wouldn't even know which R word I meant. And they're meant to be clickbaity headlines, but like I scrolled through them and that is what they're about. <laughs> like they're about this narrative that women are abusing men and that we're lying that men abuse women. And in fact, it's men who are constantly being victimized by women and their false accusations. So it was just funny to see those contrasted so quickly together. I'm like, maybe there's a reason people are saying that you hate women. Yeah, I have seen the rhetoric online that um, domestic violence laws are anti-man. Yes, they believe that for sure. So we cut to a scene. It was a rally for men and boys in crisis. It was like a little outdoor protest thing. From what I could see, the men attending, they looked pretty docile. And then there were protests to the rallies. People did come to protest it just because the men were out there saying their MRAs. There were so people, there was counter-protesters. There were counter-protesters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So one of them, he identified as a feminist. He said, don't confuse suffering with oppression. Everyone suffers. It's universal. Which I really liked. So I wrote yeah, it down. Yeah, I think I have that in like my notes. I don't know if you yeah. saw it. I just like was complaining. Because I could just complain in my notes sometimes where it's just like <laughs> men have such a cushy life that their threshold for negativity and suffering is so yeah. much lower than like maybe like more marginalized people like people of color or women where it's just like we're used to more suffering than they are. And so when they have it a little bit, it's more catastrophic than if we were to experience yes. the same. Yes. Yeah. So I was thinking then of like, okay, are the problems that men are encountering, are they actually societal? Because like a societal problem, it's bigger. I looked up, what does that mean? Because I say that a lot, societal. And it means the consequences of the factors extend beyond your individual control. So it's not something in your own life that you can control. And on my meme page, I get comments that are like, Women are toxic, too. You're here complaining about men like women are perfect, which is true. There are female abusers. There are lousy girlfriends. There are girlfriends who will string you along and be avoidant. It sucks. That's not gendered. But it's not oppression on a societal level. You can break up with that girl. <laughs> yeah. And not only that, it's the exception yes. to the rule. Yes. No- I know. Again, as we say, nothing is a monolith and nothing is black and white in the yes. same way that we shit talk men a lot. But like we we overwhelmingly have like a shit ton of male friends. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Like, we, we we get it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and then they got into in the documentary issues that, yes, they are they are societal. So we looked at male homelessness, um, family court, divorce court. This is a big one that comes up a oh, lot. That's, that's one they love to throw around, which, again, I totally get. But continue. Sorry, I don't want to no. interrupt you. Too much. Well, no, please. Yeah, I don't want to talk endlessly too much. Yeah, there was a guy, um, Warren Farrell, who is big in the MRA movement. And he said that a lot of people turn to MRAs after going through a divorce and dealing with losing their kids. And I was like, oh, so that's why it's so overrepresented, why we hear about it all the time. Yep, because like that's according to him, Dr. Warren Farrell, that's a common reaction for these guys. Suicides. Yes, most for suicides sure. are men. Workplace fatalities as well. Prison time. Men will be sentenced to more prison time for the same crime. Mm-hmm. But isn't it male judges and lawmakers who are perpetuating the system that's harmful to, to, to men? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, that's, that's why I think it's funny. It's like you do realize this is all the patriarchy assuming yeah. that you're more violent and that you're yeah. not as good with kids. How many judges, like what percentage of judges do we think are female in our higher courts? Are you asking me? I don't know. I just couldn't figure out how to lead into it well. So sure. Um, I'm going to say like 
8%. It's more. It's it's more. But oh. uh, in the U.S. Court of Appeals, U.S. District Court, U.S. Magistrate, 70% are men. And that's okay. uh, down from 75% in 2010. So we're making incremental we're change. It. Yeah, in a decade, that was a 5% change. So that that's something. And uh, I'm just a silly girl, so I don't, what do I know? I don't know anything, but I think the legislative branch is the part of the government that makes the laws. I think so. I think. And the House of Representatives and the Senate are part of the legislative branch. So then I wanted to look at how many men are in the House of Representatives. Again, it's about 70%. And out of 100 senators, 25 are women. So 75% are men. Yeah, to, to divide by pi r squared, carry, carry the one. So yeah, yeah, it's about, it's about 70, 75%. These are all yep. passing grades, by the way. <laughs> this, is, this is a past project. We are a low C yeah. in our representation in our political system of policymakers and judges who are the people who make decisions about these societal problems yeah, that who, we just talked about. Yeah, I mean, they make the laws of what the... The, uh, the divorce court. Yeah. Um, and also paternity comes up a lot for them as well. So there's paternity fraud, which is where the woman claims you're the father. Paternity fraud is when she knows that you're not the father, but she claims you are. And then wrongful paternity is where she doesn't know. And the guy talking about that gave an example of like, what if she goes to a party and has sex with five people that night? And then she doesn't know. And I'm like, how many fucking times does that happen? What are you thinking right now? How many? What? 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 Go to a party and have sex with five people? Did you just make something up to make yourself mad? I feel like they do that. They're like, I'm going to make up this scenario. I'm going to be really mad about it. No, they all say they like know one person who that's happened to. They're all like, oh, no, I know the one case. I'm like, "Okay, there was one case, but this is not just like an urban myth. There's like one guy in the entirety of the community and they all know that one guy. Maybe the feminist push to have more women in positions of power would actually make a difference in these hurtful laws. Yeah, because we're empathetic and we understand that people are different and that there might be a time when the male parent is the better caretaker. Yeah. That's, or in a better position to take care of children. In my mind, the feminist view is that, yes, it is actually harmful to believe that women are always going to be the better parent because that assumes that our primary God-given role is to be Mother. The mom, yeah, which I don't agree with. But their angle is that it's – one guy was saying that, like, feminist lobbyists are going up against the laws that are going to change around. Also, domestic violence. They talk a lot about how um, men are so often the victims of domestic violence and the laws don't protect them. So it's another societal issue affecting men. Assault is assault. Yeah. I mean, if, you, if yes. someone hits you, that's assault, period, even if it doesn't, like, physically – hurt you. But the reason there's so many laws protecting women is because it was such a pervasive fucking problem that they had to make laws about it. Yeah. And men are also physically bigger and stronger. So I'm not saying that like there are no cases of physical abuse of women hurting men. I know those exist too. I know those exist. But you're not as vulnerable in those positions. You're probably also being psychologically abused or maybe I, I don't... I don't know the details of your situation, but I do know that women are physically more vulnerable to assault by a man than the other way around. Yeah. Just straight up. Um, the MRA view is that we value female life more than male life. They also talk about... <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> That's a fair reaction. <laughs> um, that was a good one. <laughs> so they talk about... U.S. military war deaths. There were some statistics about how many men die in war. 
Who Don't started the get me started. But I'm just going to go into like who started the wars, who and also the draft, you know, draft affecting men, which isn't really a thing here like there hasn't been a draft in what like 50 years or something. Also, like, when you actually break it down to brass tacks, anytime I've mm-hmm. talked to anyone about this or if you see it any commentary online, it's actually just men saying women are incapable of the physical aspects of what it would take to be in the military and the sexual assault rates of women in the military is through the roof to the point where women are not wanting to join the military. Yeah. And men think that women are incapable of doing the things or like there's a big thing about firefighters. Like people think women shouldn't be firefighters because they're not physically capable of like hoisting their sure. their brethren up above their shoulder, even though that practice is banned now in the entirety of it because it's unsafe to everyone involved. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, Imagine mm-hmm. hoisting a fucking dude I don't know. up on your shoulder. I don't care if you're a big dude. That's Do they, insane. like, carry him on stretchers or something? Yeah, I think they, they just they carry go, them out. They go like, in twos. On, uh, yeah, or, like, yeah. have, like, a buddy. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. buddy system. Because you're also wearing a shit ton of... True, the, equipment. Yeah, like the yeah, fireman like equipment. fireproof. It, but, yeah, a lot of the ones I see that get mad about the draft and stuff, it's like, I need to get the stats on this, but I've, I've looked this up before, but there's male lobbyists that are vote against allowing women in front lines and in these particular places in the military and against them being drafted. It's yeah. males that are voting against it. Yes. As far as who is starting war, uh, 24.5% is the global participation rate of women in national level parliaments. So looking worldwide at women in power, it's less than... 25%. So we're not super involved in the starting of the wars. And then for the draft laws, I looked that up. It's in the Constitution. Article 1, Section 8 says that the Congress has the power to make rules for the government regulation of the land and naval forces. Congress makes laws about the military. Congress is the combination of the Senate and the House of Representatives. That's the one that was predominantly male. So it's not ladies who are starting or causing any of the problems that they're talking about. Yes. Yes. And I'm curious about these like feminist lobbyists they reference who are fighting this. I feel like that's going to be a niche case. And also, and I mean, I don't have this one ready, but how many lobbyists are female? Probably not the majority either. Right. Get so worked up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When we say we don't value men's lives, I don't understand who we is here because it kind of seems like maybe it's other men who are making policy choices that negatively affect each other. And instead, they do regularly vilify feminists. There was a very us versus them kind of thing. There were like YouTube videos that were titled like talking to the enemy. And it's like on both sides, too. I get it. Like we both went into this with a very um, negative bias toward MRAs, but they have that same negative bias toward feminism. We're not the right target for their for their anger. I understand the anger more now, having listened to some very heartfelt people talking about being domestic abuse survivors and losing their kids and feeling very overlooked. And it's like, okay, sure, like, that's a legitimate concern, but I'm not the one you should be angry at by any means. And, like, it's the millions of memes that say something like, misandry yeah. hurts your feelings, misogyny, misogyny ends, ends lives. I, I mean, put I, it on the shirt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I put it in yeah. my notes. I, yeah. Again, this is for the incel episode, but, like, Elliot Rogers, who— mm-hmm had the massive shooting at, what was that, UC Santa Barbara, he fed into a lot of this rhetoric where, like, women are the enemy Mm -hmm. and feminists are the enemy, and the reason my life is so bad is because of feminism and all of this. So this rhetoric literally has blood on its hands. That's the difference. Yes. Agree. They talked also about the idea of like women and children being saved first, like being put in the lifeboat first. Oh, my God. Because you're a man, they think you're expendable. (laughs) <laughs> and you know who was the captain of the Titanic? Edward, oh, man. Edward J. Smith. It's not Eleanor J. Smith. <laughs> that was a 
a man. And again, that <laughs> again. also comes from the notion that you're equating uh, women, women and with children. children yeah. That we're vulnerable and we're helpless and we yes. need you to save us. I heard one guy do that explicitly where there was this little like MRA versus feminist debate. And yes, one guy, he said, yes, I am making that comparison. He's like, it's coming from a good place. And it's like, mm, no, it's not. I also hear the <laughs> argument. Yeah. We'll say stuff like, well, there's things like ladies nights where ladies get in for free and that never happens for men. And it's like, do you know why those exist though? It's for you. Yes. Ladies get in for free so that there's more lure, women around to lure men, men. in yes. so that you guys have more quote unquote targets. Yes. And if there was a night that was like men's night, men get in free, I don't want to fucking go because I don't feel safe there. Exactly. That kind of stuff is still catered for you. Yes. Oh no, I don't have Day. to pay the $5 cover. Oh geez. Dr. Warren Farrell, I mentioned earlier, he was he was big around as second wave feminism was becoming the thing. And he started out as being a feminist ally and he was writing books from a feminist perspective and he was shaking hands with Gloria Steinem and he was all about it. And there was a men's liberation movement, I guess, or the ideas around men's liberation. And it was that we wanted men to be able to have feelings and we didn't want them to have to go to work necessarily. Like they should be able to be stay at home dads. All was good, but then Mr. Farrell, he pivoted at some point, and he's now a big guy in the MRA scene, and he says that the feminists believe that we're involved in a patriarchal world where men invented rules which benefit men at the expense of women, and the MRAs do not agree with that. So he wrote a book called The Myth of Male Power. <laughs> this is giving um, white people that get mad when people yes. say, oh, white people oh, yeah. shit. It's the oh, same yeah. thing. It's like, oh, oh, well, I'm a white person. And I don't do that. I'm a- like, then why are you offended? It sounds like you do. Anytime someone yes. makes fun of white people, I'm just like, fuck yeah. Ooh, they're terrible. <laughs> fuck white people. Yes. I'm white as hell. Yes. Like, I, it's because I know I'm not the fucking problem. I make that joke or I make that point all the time on my meme page where it's like being sexist toward men is like being racist toward white people. Yeah. Where it's actually good to criticize the dominant oppressive force. But apparently men don't believe they're the oppressive force. They, in this scene at least, believe that they are the ones who are being oppressed for some very niche fringe cases, which is the other thing where it's like, how often... I just want to be a victim so bad. How... I feel like you feel left out of being a victim. So yeah. I'm like, no, me, I want to be involved. A lot of feminists say that too, where it's like, as women have had the chance to speak up, then now men are feeling like left out. Of My parents got divorced when I was five, so I'm basically suffering. A lot of what they're saying of like the feminists believe this, they say this. This is where I'm realizing like, okay, these are bigger worlds and like you can't just pin it down to one set of beliefs in one sentence. So I do believe we're involved in a patriarchal world where men, they did invent the rules and they often, but not always, benefit men. And the rules aren't always at the expense of women. Like sure, paternity laws, prison sentences, there are some limited examples where women fare better when you like zoom out at this larger perspective. But the rules were at the end of the day invented by men. We just looked at these stats about judges and lawmakers. Yeah, and it's still, again, under the the idea that women are, like, incapable. It's like there was that old – the old idea, and these are outdated terms, like the old idea that women were incapable of being, like, psychopaths and sociopaths mm-hmm. because we are incapable of these complexities and we're incapable of this lack of humanity. It's still the idea that women aren't capable of these extremes that men are. So it's still patriarchy. And that's what chivalry is based on, too, is the idea that women are smaller and weaker and they need to be taken care of. And that's why I'll say chivalry is dead. And like, yeah, in a perfect world, I like the idea of taking care of your partner or holding the door for someone. But when it comes from a root case of like, oh, you're a girl, therefore you need to be pampered. 
don't fucking pamper me. <laughs> yeah, and it. that's the difference too. It's like if someone if someone holds the door open for me just because like they're in front of me and it's like rude to let a door right. slam in someone's right. fucking face, that's one thing. But it's the idea of you are incapable of yes. holding open yes. the door because you're such a weak piece of shit. They're not thinking that consciously, but that's what it came from. That's where it started. Yeah, and like we've said in a lot of things too, it's not necessarily these things are being done to oppress women, but they're being done without thinking about women. Yes. One of the MRAs interviewed, he was a lawyer, so he was marginally more articulate than some of the others. But uh, he said that patriarchy is the result of gender roles. Gender roles are not the result of patriarchy. So what he meant is that patriarchy exists because men have to fulfill their roles as a provider. So while women are home reproducing, feeding the babies, then men are working. And so they naturally become leaders as a result of this role that they were kind of born to have and then they end up working longer hours and they end up getting killed on the job in his mind patriarchy is the it's a product of the natural order it's not something that men created intentionally and he wasn't even talking about patriarchy as a good thing just that the feminists are trying to combat patriarchy but it's just the way the world was always going to be i think it was to kind of point that it's not that men created it intentionally but we should always question natural. Some primates are monogamous. Some are not monogamous. Is monogamy or polyamory natural? Yes. <laughs> is it natural for women to have kids? Yes. Is it all so healthy, fine, and normal to not want kids? Yes. Yes. Natural doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I see his point about old roles as a provider. Like, sure, they led to some aspects of the patriarchy. But, like, what about men not being allowed to talk about their feelings? Like, what does that have to do with hunting animals for the wife at home? You can have feelings to yeah. run a job in a country. In fact, you should, as we saw that, like, being more emotional makes you more empathetic, which makes you a better leader. Yeah. And we had human matriarchal societies in old, old times that were successful before they were decimated by violent groups and animal matriarchal societies all over the place. So nature didn't didn't actually create the patriarchy. Who is upholding this idea that you have to be this stoic? You can't talk about your feelings. I feel like anytime I hear about someone getting made fun of, like a man getting made fun of, it's by other men. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I've never, I mean, I know it exists. And again, I'm not saying, but it's like in my personal experience, I've never heard of a woman being like, oh, he's in touch with his feelings. Blah. Right. Oh, no. God, I feel like more often we're asking them to please be in please. touch with their feelings. I get that it's complicated because for a long time, women probably weren't speaking up about any of this and were really content with being mothers and wives, maybe because it's the only thing that they saw. So maybe they weren't trying to get into the military or trying to get into well, I don't think they thought it work. was possible because yes. they were also told by the people that they're told are smarter and better and more mm -hmm. logical and all this and then that they're incapable of doing that and they're being told that they're lesser than and not as intelligent. So they're like, oh, well, I thought I was, but this person who I'm told is supposed to be much more intelligent than me is saying I'm not. So I guess I'm not. So now these environments that are male-dominated, they don't have to be, but they are because it's not a safe environment for women who probably would be willing to go into those spaces now if mm -hmm. they had the possibility of it. Like if it was safe for them to do so in the sense that like they're not going to get sexually harassed constantly. One of the other quotes I wrote down that I was kind of hearing in different forms was that in every society, women have protection and privilege that men do not. The thing is that they really believe this. Like it's not just a line for them. It's not they're not saying it to manipulate anyone. They really like feel in their heart of hearts that they are being overlooked and a lot of these guys, it seems like, have had some personal experience with abuse or with divorce court. And I get it, but it is like 
straight liberation or the white nationalist movement where it's like you're not in a minority group here who is you're constantly not, you're marginalized. Not, yeah, you're not the oppressed group. You might yeah. have had, like you said, everyone has an incidence of something bad happening to yeah. them or like we said, the exception to the rule. But yes. you are not a marginalized group. Yeah. How often are you on a sinking boat? Like it's just not something that is realistic to talk about. Whereas women all the time, you're walking home alone at night and you have someone follow you. Or the pay gap affects everyone all the time. Like, our issues are so much more present and daily for everyone as opposed to every one in ten guys has something happen that is unfortunate. But but also the misfortunes are caused by other men at the same time. And then they take the anger out on the feminists. The feeling is that feminism is the enemy of men and that feminists have declared masculinity toxic and that all of this oh is God. harmful to men. But it's just not it's not what any of the feminists I know or hang out with believe. I think we're all here to say, like, actually, yeah, I would be fine with laws being amended to be inclusive of men and like call out female batters. Like, of course, I'm in favor yeah. of that. I just I know it's the exception. That's probably not why a lot of uh, force has been put behind that. Well, yeah. And I like to talk about the domestic abuse thing again. If someone's assaulting you, that's horrible no yes. matter what. But anytime you see these types of stories of like a man getting abused by his female partner, it's men that are making fun of him for like being a fucking wimp or yeah. like, oh, you got beat up by a girl or, you know, it's still that same toxic rhetoric. Or I mean, this is not the same, but. Anytime you see about it, like a teacher that's having sex with a student and it's like a female teacher and a yep, male yep, student, yep. all the comments are just like, I wish that was my teacher in high school. Yeah. And then they'll be like, but then when men are victims, like no one cares. It's like, because that's the the commentary yes. is that when that is happening, and that's a rapist, by the way. Yes. I don't care if it's a woman. Agreed. If you're a full grown adult having sex with a teenage boy, you're a fucking rapist. Yep. But it's this, other guys who are broing it out and being like, yeah, I, I wish I was getting fucked by, yeah, by my hot, yeah. Yes. I always do. I do read the comments because I, I like to I like to feel pain. But one of them on the, the red pill movie, one of the comments was saying, I renounce feminism. It's not the way to go. Men deserve just as much compassion and protection from violence as women. That has nothing to do with feminism. Feminism isn't out here being like men don't deserve compassion and protection. It's more just like here are the way that my rights are being violated and I would like to see change. Yeah. More for rights for someone doesn't mean less rights. Yes. For Okay, yeah. And there was this guy, Richard Reeves. He came up while I was researching, and he wrote a book of Boys and Men, Why the Modern Male is Struggling. And he put out a little YouTube video. Maybe he just got me because he has a really sexy British voice, so maybe I just was, like, Yuck. hypnotized. <laughs> but, no, he was talking a lot about, like, that it shouldn't be a fight. And he was like, yes, women have had these rights given to them more recently. And that's wonderful. He kept highlighting like, this is such a wonderful thing. And we don't need to take away from that to also look at why boys have some struggles. He talked about girls, their prefrontal cortex will develop sooner. So in school ages, like things will be a little imbalanced and fewer boys are getting degrees or doing well in school. And he talked about the dad deficit where like men are failing their sons and then boys are more hurt by not having a father in the house than girls. Nothing he said was villainizing women or villainizing feminists. Instead, he was just pointing to like, hey, here are some issues that are affecting boys and men. We yeah. should look at them. 
and praising that it's wonderful that we looked at the ways issues um, were affecting women as well. Isn't this great? Now we can also work toward this other area of hurt. And it was like, this is good. I like this. And that's (laughs) that's why we talk about having these things visible and like visibility being so important because it's giving someone else courage. Like if you see that someone else is getting a right or something, that should empower you to be like, okay, well now let me talk about how we should also get rights. That doesn't mean that they get rights that you don't get rights. It's not a competition. No. There was a meme that I'll post. It says, modern feminism is an attack on men. And then it says, not all men. (laughs) (laughs) If you feel attacked by feminism, maybe I am attacking you when I post my man-hating content. But I'm actually friends with a lot of cool guys, a lot of allies who have better things to do than worry about um, their minor oppressions in their lives. Yeah. And, I mean, it's still... I mean, the definition of feminism is just believing in the equality between the sexes. Yeah, I know. I don't even see it as like a loaded term in my mind at all of like a lot of these guys also. I think they do. I think they do hate women. No, that's the thing. They're trying to justify misogyny. And that's kind of what it is. They feel pained by a woman in some capacity, like divorce courts. Mm -hmm. They feel ill feelings towards a particular woman that they become the representative for the entirety, 50 percent of the (laughs) human race. Yeah. Another point that the MRAs would bring up is their shorter life expectancies. And I'm like, what the fuck do you expect me to do about that? Maybe you're repressing your emotions and that's why you're living a shorter life. But like, what? Don't go to the doctors as much as we do. Yeah, how is that the feminist fault? I don't understand. You know why else you guys die sooner? Because you, like, get drunk and jump off roofs to try to impress (laughs) your bros. Y'all die sooner because you do stupid shit half the time. I watched um, also, it's called The Majority Report with Sam Sater now. I don't know. There were clips on YouTube. But he had a couple of debates with some MRAs who called in and... For one of them, they seemed pretty cogent and like had some clear. We're just having like a nice conversation. But then as soon as the female co-host spoke up, Sam Sater's a man. And as soon as this female co-host spoke up, then the caller was like, Sam, can we just have this conversation one on one, please? Can we just not talk with her here, please? Oh, the true colors are coming out. Okay. Yikes. And another caller who like they all like they they started out pretty bland and pretty like here are my thoughts about divorce court and male suicide and then Sam was just shouting back at them and I was a little this is very aggro but then it was like this is probably what men need to hear. They need another man shouting at them. Mm-hmm. They're not going to hear a calm argument from me. Nope. They need this middle-aged white dude with a platform shouting them down. And then the caller, the MRA, said that Sam was pandering to blue-haired, man-hating cows. See? What did I say? And then he, like, backpedaled and was like, oh, uh, sorry, I got I got emotional. I didn't, I didn't mean to say that. Sam's like, maybe you're not used to handling emotions. The truth comes out. I think my summation of this is the issues are real. I'm not here to say they're not. The time to bring them up is not when women talk about the issues that they're dealing with. And it's also not an us versus them. And... I'm sorry, but your issues are not as bad. Like in the grand scheme of things, I know on an individual level, yes. But in the same way that white people have some fucking privilege, so do men all across the board. And we can't deny that. Yep. I am Misandrist Memes on Instagram. And I am TXGothGF. And we are SadGap.Podcast. You can email us at sadgap.podcast at gmail.com. Send us a note, question, anything you want. You can also send us a DM. I'll read everything. And head on over to Spotify and give us a five-star review. And then go on to Apple and do the same. And then also with Apple, cool feature, you can write a review. Slay. We would love. 
being sexist toward men is like being racist toward white people. It's not really a fucking thing. And we are stronger together. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.